Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. There are some things that are established in the book of Genesis They're established and still operative in the world today. God in the beginning, the word Genesis, the book of Genesis reflects the book of beginnings, what was established in the beginning. And we find a few systems in Genesis. For example, we find that God established the word system in the book of Genesis. Words are the vehicles through which God created everything. And then he gave mankind the dominion of words. That was established. It's still operative. And the more effectively we learn how to work with that system, the better off we'll be. In the same, in the same establishing of systems, he established the authority system. He gave mankind authority. And for us to operate the faith of God, we have to understand that delegated authority system that was set in place in Genesis. Otherwise, people are putting off receiving of things or putting off an enforcing of things because they're waiting for God to do what he's already delegated the authority for us to do. And so with that lack of understanding, many people are having things stolen that shouldn't be stolen from them. And many people are experiencing hardships that they they don't have to experience because of the lack of understanding that God has delegated authority and I have authority on the earth. And now as a member of the body of Christ, I also have the authority of Jesus' name that has been given to me. And so the more effectively we work the authority system, the more effective we are in every aspect of life. That system works with the word system. Do you remember what the the centurion said? He said, I understand how authority works because I'm a man under authority and I'm a man in authority. And when I say go... See, he understood, with my words, I delegate the authority. When I say go, so the word system works with the authority system. When I say go, they go. When I say come, they come. When I say do this, they do it. In other words, I understand that if you'll just speak the word, the authority will be administered to my situation, breaking the authority of the sickness that was holding his servant and releasing the authority of the wholeness that Jesus was authorized to to give, to exhibit, to release. He understood the authority system and he understood the word system. And the more that we are skilled in those systems and work them together, the greater that we will operate in the things of God. So we've got the authority. We've got the word system. The seed system was established 
in the book of Genesis. He said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed. He said in the, even chapter 1, he said, the seed will produce after its kind. That's a law. You will never plant a watermelon seed and get a peach tree. You won't. You could all day long, you could use your faith, you could declare, I'm planting this watermelon seed, but bless God, I'm going to have peaches. And guess what you're going to get? With all your declaration and all of your confession, you're still going to get watermelon. Because there is a law that is established in the beginning that every seed will produce after its kind. And so that's why Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Why? Because that's the seed working in our finances. The law of the seed works with the law of authority because he's delegated the authority to mankind for seed. There are no monkeys with gardens today. There are no rhinoceroses, rhinoceri. There are no hippopotamuses with a garden today and say, this is my squash and this is my green beans and this is my tomato patch. No, they don't have the authority of seed, the authority of seed. Do you see how the seed system works with the authority system and faith works with the seed? So they work together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there are some things that are established in Genesis that we need to be skilled in, that we need to recognize it still works this way and for me to ignore it is foolish for me to treat it lightly is going to to cause me not to have it working for me the way it should but when I'll give my my honor to that system and say wait God set up a system for me I need to be good at that system this is this system it's for us have you ever seen some people who aren't serving God and you wonder you know they seem to be doing okay in a couple of areas Some of them may have operated a system that's still working. There are some people I remember hearing a testimony of one man. He said uh, he didn't want to go to church and he didn't want to serve God, but he knew that tithing would work, so he would tithe. Now, eventually, because of his tithing, light came and he gave his life to God, but he started tithing before he was serving God because he saw that it was working. He knew that it was working, and so he started working a system that God had established, even though at that time, as he was working it, he wasn't where he needed to be with God, but thankfully he did get the full benefit of that system as he entered into that relationship with God. So there are some people who have been been giving or sowing or been generous. There's a, a law of generosity that if you're generous it'll come back to you. And so there are some people who, even though they're not working the same principles of the word, they might find one and get that one to start working for them. And they're not exactly sure that it was in the Bible. They're not exactly sure, but they're just, they're operating it and experiencing some of that benefit. But those systems are ours. God created that system for us. He wants us to benefit the most. From the word system, the seed system, the authority system, the blessing system, the the laws of generosity. He established these systems for our benefit, for our prospering. 
And so uh, we, we want to let what God has provided have in our lives an, an uh, effectiveness. We want it, what our Father made available, I don't want it to go unused in my life. What my heavenly father established for me, I don't want to get to heaven and he say, you never used what I made yours. I want him to get and say, good job, Michelle. You did your best to put to work the principles and the the systems that I made available to you. So I want to go back to Genesis and I want to see another aspect. Those are a few examples of systems that are set up. But we're going to look more at the blessing system today. And the blessing system works with the seed system. It works with the the, uh, authority system because it originated. All of those systems we see when God blessed man is when the authority was established. In the blessing, the seed system was established. He used words to distribute or apply the blessing. So... As we go to Genesis, I want you to look with me at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Subdue it. The word subdue means And can you give me the amplified there of verse 28? He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. The the, um, amplified says, using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man. Hallelujah. Using all of its vast resources in the service of God. Of God and man. Can you show me amplified? Hallelujah. It takes a moment, I know. Glory to God. Using all of earth's vast resources in the service of God and man. Hallelujah. The resources on the earth are for serving God and serving one another. Therefore, the purpose of blessing the Lord and being a blessing. Hallelujah. When Adam and Eve were created, everything they needed was already available. All of the food that they would need, God had already provided it. All of the, even even their responsibilities. God had created everything in advance. When you begin to look at creation, you find out the reason for creation is mankind. Everything God created, he created it for our benefit, for the benefit of mankind. Even the sun and the moon and the stars, it said so that there would be seasons and times 
So he created the universe for us so that we would benefit on the earth from what God had created, the way that the, the orbits uh, provide uh, uh, seasons and provide a, a yearly calendar, all of the different uh, uh, benefits from the tidal pulls and, and the way that the orbit is, the gravity. God did that for our benefit, for our benefit. And in the same way that a family, when they're expecting a new child, a baby, they began preparation for that baby. They began buying the little onesies and buying the little, little blankets, the little receiving blankets. And they began buying diapers. I remember with all my kids, people would buy a newborn diapers. We had diapers under the bed. We had diapers in the closet. We got some diapers going on in the house. Why? Because there's a baby coming. We've got the crib ready. We've got the, the car seat purchased. We've got all of those things. And that's what creation was. God was saying, let there be the animals here. Let there be the sun and the moon and the stars here. Let there be the night that is, is called, the, the dark that is called uh, 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 day and night. And, and let me just establish everything. And when I get everything done... Now I'm ready to pre pre prepare my family. I'm going to prepare my family. I'm going to create man in my image. Whenever, when God was creating, it says in, for instance, it says in verse 20, God said, let the waters bring forth. Now, when you began to study the original language, he didn't say, oh, let the waters bring forth. No, it was a command. Waters, I'm talking to you. When God said, let there be light, he says, light be in the original language. Light, I'm talking to you, be. So when he said in verse 20, waters, I'm talking to you, listen to me. God's talking to the water and he said, bring forth. You see the word system working with the authority system? Bring forth abundantly. He spoke to the water and he told the water to bring forth the moving creature that has life, and the birds that may fly above the earth. So God spoke to the water and told the water to bring forth. He said in, uh, in verse 24, God spoke to the earth, to the dirt. He said, earth, bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and the creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. What? He spoke to the dirt and he said, dirt, I'm talking to you. Bring forth. I want you to produce. And this is what you're going to produce. You're going to produce the cattle. You're going to produce the sheep. You're going to produce the deer. You're going to produce the antelope. You're gonna, it's going to come out of the earth. I told the earth to bring forth. But when God got ready to make mankind, he said to himself, to the Trinity, to the Godhead, he said to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he said, let us bring forth. Us, us bring forth man. 
to bring forth the fish and the birds. He spoke to the water to bring forth the, the animals and the reptiles. He spoke to the dirt. But when he got ready to produce man, when he got ready to create man, he spoke to himself. And out of his own self, out of his own being, he brought forth man in his image and in his likeness. Hallelujah. We are his children. We're his family. He loves us in a way that is different than he loves animals. He loves us as his own, his family. Hallelujah. So when God created us in his image, in his likeness, he birthed us spiritually. We know Adam and Eve fell. But I want us to look at some things that were established before the fall. Because everything that was available before the fall is available to us in Christ and then some. We have a return to God's original plan for man in Christ. We have an establishing of better promises. We have an establishing of a relationship with God that is better than what Adam and Eve had because we're in Christ. So if we look at what they had and recognize what I have is better in Christ, it'll help us to walk in what's ours in Christ. So one of the things that I want you to see is that everything they needed was provided in advance. God always provides in advance. There was nothing that they need or that we need that is going to catch God off guard so that God has to have a, a, an emergency board meeting of all of the angels because I did not expect this need to come up in Anna's life. I did not expect this need to come up in Ralph's life. No, God is, is, is not ever caught off guard. Every Everything you need, God, it is by design and by his nature, every need is already provided before the need arises. There is a supply. When, when, when Abraham, Abram, Ham, he, he, he entered into a relationship with God, but he came to that place on the mountain as he sacrificed Isaac and God said no don't hurt the boy there's a ram caught in the thicket for you he came to know God in a way he didn't know God that morning he came to know God in a way he didn't know him the day before he knew God suddenly as Jehovah Jireh God who sees in advance and provides for me provision means provision he he's seen it and provided he's seen it and provided he's seen it from a distance he's seen everything that is all walking every plan of God is a prepared plan every design every destiny God has already prearranged it God has already prepared before you were formed in your mother's womb he ordained you and he he had already set you apart for the call of God on your life for the purpose and plan of your life Nobody in here got saved and God didn't expect it. God 
God wants everybody to get saved and everybody who gets saved has a destiny already prearranged, prearranged and made ready. And those who don't yield to God and don't get saved, they have a destiny that they'll never recognize until they come to Him, until they accept Him because He is our Creator. It is God who has created us and not we ourselves. We can't go to our Creator and say, I'm not good at that. If He created me to be good at it, I'm good at it. Even when I don't know how to do it, I'm good at it. Even if I don't understand it, I'm good at it. Because He created me to be what He created me to be. And so my job is to get in line with His plan. My job is to accept His design for me, to yield to His plan for me. And, and as I walk it out, I'll discover the details of it. As I yield to Him, I'll understand the ins and the outs and the strategies and the purposes. I'll begin to recognize I can do that. I can begin to recognize I, I have a desire to do for in that direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has seen it in advance. He's seen it in advance. And He's provided. He's provided. Say it with me. He has provided. When, when we see, and I, I know I've taught on it here before, but in Philippians when it says, My God shall supply all your need. My God shall supply all your need. God has already prepared the supply. He doesn't have to go invent it. It's already prepared. It's already in store. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a law that we've got to establish. Every need He's already provided. It'll change the way I come to Him. It'll change the way I approach Him. Because if I come to God and I say, Oh God... My need is so big. I got so much need in my life. God, I really need this. I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it. Where's my faith? My faith is in the need. But if I, if I believe that he is Jehovah Jireh, that by nature, by the essence of who he is, he has already provided everything I will ever need then when I see or have a, a need manifest in my life, I'm going to go to my father in a different way because I believe that he's already got a supply for that. And I can say, Lord, this might have caught me off guard, but it didn't catch you off guard. I might not have seen this coming, but you saw it coming because you are Jehovah who sees... You are the God who sees in advance. And as long as I stay on your path, I know I've always got your provision. Always got your... Do you know when it says beloved in, in 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I desire, I pray, I wish, I desire above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The word prosper in the New Testament means to succeed in reaching. 
And it gives the image of you coming to the finish line, not tore up from the floor up, not running on empty, not fumes just rolling across the end of the finish line, but you pull across the finish line with a full tank and your tires aren't worn out and your car's not dilapidated, being held together by Christian bumper stickers. Come on, he wants you to come across. He wants you to ride across, fully stopped. Fully supplied, fully rested. Hallelujah. That's the word prosper. That's the word prosper. Prosper and be in health. It's God's desire that you prosper and be in health. That you prosper. That you succeed in reaching everything that you endeavor to reach for. That God has led you to. Let me premise that. Let me, let me preface with that. Everything God has, has placed in your heart, that when you reach for it, there's a supply of God. Every assignment, there's a supply for it. All the money you need to come out of debt is available in the plan of God. All the money you need to live debt-free, not just come out of debt, because there's sometimes people come out of debt, and then things come up, and they got to go back into debt. Living debt-free. All the money, all the provision, all the supply to, be, uh, uh, to live debt-free in the blessing is available in the plan of God. It's available in the plan of God. Say it. It's available in the plan of God. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper. So in the beginning, God established that, he, that all that you need is provided in advance. If he did that for Adam and Eve, how much more will he do for us in Christ? How much more will he do for us in Christ? 2 Peter chapter 1 says, He has given us all things that pertain to life. Whenever we go to God about a need in our life, we need to have that verse preempting anything we say to God. We should start by saying, Father, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, you've already given me all things that pertain to life. And the new tires I need pertain to life the money I need to be able to pay this for my for, for, for my children's school it pertains to life the money that that is is coming up due for to pay that debt off it is pertaining to life but you've already given me all things that pertain to life so you how it changes your mindset I'm not trying to convince God to give me something Can, let me tell you the prayer God can't answer I'm, I'm gonna, are you ready for this? This was worth you coming to church, combing your hair and getting up this morning. This is the prayer God can't answer. God can't answer a prayer to do something he's already done. If he's already done it, he doesn't need to do it again. If he's already given you all things that pertain to life, I don't have to talk him into giving me. Something that pertains to my life. What I need to do is use my faith card. You know, like you have the, the, the identification that to help you make a debit off the money that's in your account. That's not credit. You're debiting money that's yours. 
you're, you're designing that money to be paying for this specific item. It's already in your account. It's yours. You didn't go into debt by using your debit card. Well, faith is a, a transaction point. And when you go and you say, Lord, you've already given me, you've already deposited in my account all things that pertain to life. So I bring my faith transaction to debit and withdraw and bring into manifestation. And from that moment on, I thank you that I have this need met. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All things that pertain. Is that what it says? He has given, past tense, has given all things that pertain unto life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All things. He has given. Has given all things. I mean, this is a major, major shift in the, in the way we approach the need. He has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Do I know Him as my need meter? Do I know Him as provider? Do you remember it says in Hebrews chapter 11, they that come to God must believe that He is. But does it stop there? What else do I need to believe about God? I'm, I need to believe that God is and that God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. You th God's reward systems, His benefit package, His reward system is top of the line. Top of the line. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We've got to believe that about Him. How, how many of you have ever heard when um, the, Lord, the Lord told Dr. Savell, He said, my people know me as, as the God of their salvation. My people know me as, as the, the God, uh, it, you know, and he, he, the God who heals their body. He said, but most of my people don't know me as the God of the breakthrough. When Moses stopped at the burning bush, he hid his face from God. At the burning bush, the glory on the burning bush, he hid his face because he didn't know God the way he came to know him. But he walked with God till he came to the point, no hands over his face, nothing holding him back. He's, he's leaning all into the presence of God saying, show me your glory. I want to I see your goodness. I want to see your glory. Show me your glory. He's not hiding his face from God anymore. He knows him in a way he didn't know him before. God wants us to know him as our provider. He wants us to talk to him like we're talking to the one who already wants to provide for us. We're, we're not twisting his arm. We're not convincing him. We're not telling him our merit, why he should provide. No, we're coming. We're saying, Lord, you're so good. You're so good you've crowned my year with your goodness. 
Lord, because you are so abundant, because you are so generous. That's the second thing that we see in Genesis, that God is generous. God is generous. Do you remember in the book of James? Let's look over at James, and I'm going to pull the Amplified for this one as well. James chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. He gives. How does he give? Woo! Hallelujah. Gives liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. The Amplified goes to describe God a little bit more emphatically. Let him ask of the giving God who gives. Do you know him today as the giving God who gives? Do you know your father is the giving God who gives? He's just waiting for you to ask in faith. He's just waiting for you to ask with an understanding of his nature. For with a confidence that God, my father, my heavenly father is a giving God who gives liberally. He gives liberally. He is the giving God who gives. He's not the God who holds back. He's not the God of just enough. He's not God of paycheck to paycheck. He's not the God of just enough to get by. But how many of his people are settling for just enough to get by? How many of people who are blood-bought, child, child of God, who God loves with all of his heart, but he can only do in their life at a minimal because they don't see him as the giving God who gives. To receive, you've got to believe. To receive liberal supply, you've got to believe that God will answer with liberal supply. If people go to God and say, not you, those other people. If people go to God and say, Lord, I just need enough. I just need enough for this need. I just need enough for this. Why not just go ahead and say, Father, I, I, I'm believing you for this need met, and I want to I pay so-and-so's car note this week. Can you give me enough to pay for them too? I want to be a blessing. I want to have seed to sow. I want to I minister of your goodness. Do you think it's going to take any, any more do you think it's going to be difficult for God to meet your need and above your need so that you can be a blessing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will never withhold supply. He doesn't withhold supply. God will always provide in advance. He will always be generous. And he will never withhold supply. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3. You know, my pastor explains the legal side of redemption and the vital side of redemption. And he says the legal side of redemption is what belongs to you from the word of God. It is yours legally. But many people don't have the, the full manifestation of what is theirs legally in vital reality. They're not living in it. It's legally theirs, but they're not living in it. 
it belongs to them by the covenant, but they're not experiencing it in their life, what belongs to them by the covenant. How do we bring what is legally ours in line with to match what is vital in manifestation, what, what I'm living in. The word vital, if you take vital statistics, you're checking the statistics or the details that show what manner of life you're living. Your heart rate, your blood pressure, those are vital statistics. How do I, what is my, the vital side of my redemption? What am I living in? How do I bring what is mine legally into manifestation so that I'm living in it, so that it's equal. So that I'm, e I'm equally living out everything that's mine legally. How do you do it? The preaching of the word causes faith for you to rise and to, to move into that. If it's not declared, it says, how can they believe except it's preached? If you, how can you believe that God is the God who gives? The giving God who gives if nobody's preaching it. How can you believe God's a rewarder if nobody's preaching it? How can you believe that God has already made the supply available to every need you'll ever encounter for the rest of your life? You never have to be in lack another day in your life. How are you going to believe that? I will never be broke another day in my life. Somebody had to declare that. Thank God for the anointing that came upon Leroy Thompson to stand flat-footed in the pulpit and say, you'll never be broke another day in your life. And it hit me in my living room, in my pajamas, and my husband and I got up and started running around the house. The kids woke up. They got out of their beds and they were so excited that we were running, they ran behind us. They were like, what are we shouting about? We'll never be broken another day in our life never be broke another day in my life it had to come through the foolishness of preaching that declaration of faith the anointing on it hit me and I'm still running in the power of you'll never be broke another day in your life I'm still increasing by what I received money cometh to me now that's still working for me it's still working for me. Well, I'll tell you why I'm preaching it this morning. Because I need you to live it. I want you living in the abundant overflow of God. I want you living in the full measure of His provision and His abundance. God is a generous God and you are one of His favorites. Every one of you is a favorite. And He wants to show you His generosity. He wants you to know from first-hand experience. He wants you to taste and see that the Lord, He's good. He's so good. He's so good to me. He's so generous to me. He wants you to know it. First-hand experience. He wants it in manifestation in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do. Not only is he able, he's willing. He's desiring. It is God's desire to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. It's his desire. And he is more than capable of doing it. 
exceeding abundantly above all. The Holy Spirit pulled three of the most powerful adjectives and adverbs, stuck them together to try to demonstrate to us how unlimited our God is. God says, I can do anything you can believe me for. I can do anything you can believe me for. Oh, well, I want to own 10,000 oil wells. Well, you probably can't believe for that. But if you could believe him, you could do it. You know what you can believe him for? That you'll be blessed beyond measure. You can believe that because there's scripture for it. There's not scripture that thus saith the Lord, you can own 10,000 oil wells. You, you couldn't even manage probably. You got you to gotta have some, some structure to be able just to manage that kind of uh, 10 oil wells. Just, just go ahead and start with one. Start with four. What can you believe for? He said he's able to do. Exceeding abundantly above all. Exceeding abundantly above all. The word exceeding is the word hyper. The word abundantly means out of measure, beyond measure. Have you ever heard of hyperdrive? Y'all Star Trek fans? Star Wars, something like that, they, they kick it into hyperdrive. It, it goes exceeding a, a beyond. This word is also translated super abundant in quantity, superior in quality. Super abundant in quantity, superior in quality. Not going to be the generic, it's going to be the name brand. God is able to do out of measure, beyond measure. By implication, this word exceeding abundantly means excessive. I don't think enough people know God's excessive side. Just say this with me right now. Would you trust me? Would you trust me? Say this with me. Father, I ask you to reveal to me how excessive you are in the blessing. Show me, Lord, your excess. In Jesus' name. Ooh, y'all better put your seatbelts on. You better put your seatbelts on. Because I believed I received that when I just prayed. Did you believe you received that? Excessive, super abundant in quantity, superior in quality. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. If we'll believe him, he can do it. You don't have to understand it to believe it. You don't have to explain it. You know, I benefit from the motor in my car, and I can't explain it to you. 
Every time I fly on an airplane, I benefit from, from air flight, travel. But I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you all the ins and the outs of how it works, but it's working for me. You don't have to be able to explain how God's going to do it to believe that God's going to do it. When I started believing for coming out of debt, I couldn't, I, I didn't even try to go there. I didn't even try to pull it. I just asked God, what do you want me to do first? What is the first step you want me to take? Because I know there are some natural things you are going to give me instruction about. And he began to give me instruction. And there were some things that we sold off. And there were some things that, that we, we got out from under the payment on those things. And even had to pay off over because we were upside down in a payment on, on one of the vehicles that we had. But as we took the steps, God brought the wisdom. We sowed the seed. We stood on the word. And he, he in nine months, brought us out of over $200,000 worth of debt. Praise God. Praise God. And I couldn't explain it when it started. And even looking back, I can tell you there were some things that I did. And I can tell you there were some scriptures I stood on. But God still did some things behind the scenes and, and, and just working some things out that I could not have expected or understood how it happened. So the power that works in us is not mental. It's not a mental power. And you don't have to understand it with your mind to believe it with your heart. If you'll believe it and speak it out of your heart, that's the power that needs to be working in you. God is able according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. John chapter 10. And let's look at verse 10. Jesus is identifying for us his method of operation. He said, the thief, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The word have means to have and continually possess. Not receive it once and then where did it go? But have and continually possess. I am come that they might have and continually possess life and not a barely getting by kind of life, not a paycheck to paycheck kind of life, but an abundant life. He said, I want you to have it more abundantly. And while that's not limited to finances, we wouldn't leave finances out because finances are a part of life. Finances are, Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Why? Because that's part of our redemption. Just as much as Jesus took stripes on his back to redeem me from the power of sickness so that sickness no longer has power over me, he was wounded for my transgressions. The stripes he bore on his back were for my healing. He he himself took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. Why? So that I don't have to bear sickness and carry pain. Jesus was cursed for me so that I could be blessed. He was made sin who knew no sin so that I would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
And in the same act of redemption, he became poor with my poverty so that I, through his poverty, could be rich. That's just as much redemption as him being made sin for me. That's just as much redemption as him being cursed with the curse. That is just as much redemption as him being striped on his back to redeem me from sickness. He was made poor with my poverty. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that you and I through his poverty would be rich. If God didn't want it, he wouldn't have included it in redemption. He included it as a paid-for part of the package. I'm not waiting to get it. It's mine now. It's not something I'm going to get in the sweet by and by. It's mine now. It's mine now. Hallelujah. He said, I've come that you might have life. It includes your wisdom. It includes your your health. It includes peace in your family. It includes wholeness. And it includes financial abundance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Genesis chapter 17. We're talking about the blessing system. We're talking about the blessing system. Exceeding abundantly above. Genesis 17 verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. And I will multiply you a little bit. I'll multiply you just a teeny teeny, just by one. Times two. Right? No. No. He said, I will multiply you exceedingly. Is he an excessive God? Is he the God who causes the cup to run over with too much cattle? So that Abram and Lot, they had too much cattle. Too much He says, I will multiply you exceedingly. Same chapter, verse 6. And I will make you exceeding fruitful. I will make you exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of you and kings shall come out of you. This phrase, exceeding fruitful, means to become plenteous and abounding in everything. To become plenteous and abounding in everything. You, you got to see it. You got to see it. Can you see yourself with plenty? Abounding in everything. Abounding to every good work. Hallelujah. He said, I will do that. I will make you that. I will. See, we remember it is God. Remember what Deuteronomy 8 said? Remember. Remember it was God who gave you power to get wealth. 
Why? Because the blessing's going to work and you'll just be, it, it comes on you and overtakes you. The blessing comes on you and overtakes you. Hallelujah. We've got to remember when it's coming on us and overtaking us, it wasn't me. It was him. This is the blessing. This is, this is the word at work. This is God's word coming to pass in my life. And when I remember, I'll always honor him with it. But he said, I will make you. I will make my covenant. I will multiply you. I will make you exceeding fruitful to become plenteous and abounding in everything. Now, we have an example in Abraham of what the blessing did. Genesis chapter 24. We know that when Abram left, he left his inheritance. In Genesis chapter 12, he said, I want you to leave your father's house. So he left the inheritance that we, he would have gotten in the natural behind. And he entered into this covenant of blessing with God. And God began in Genesis chapter 12 to work in him to the point that just one or two chapters later, it says Abram was very rich. Yeah. Right? Well, here in Genesis 24, 1, we see Abram, Abraham after he had walked in the blessing. And it says Abraham was old. And well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. All things. We want, we want his blessing to have free course in our marriage. We want his blessing to have free course in our relationship with our children. We want the blessing to have free course in our physical body in our finances, in every area of our life. He blessed him in all things. The blessing is an all-encompassing all, all flow of God. He governs us with the blessing. God, God governs his children with the blessing. The blessing is the current of the, the life of the child of God. It's the flow of our life. He wants us to flow in the blessing every day. It's the river we swim in every day. It's the, it's, the, it's the atmosphere we live in every day, the atmosphere of his blessing. Why? Because it says he uses it to surround us. It, it surrounds us like a force field. The blessing of God is intended to be a consistent part working. The blessing isn't a get-rich-quick. Some people look at wealth and they say they, they want it just to come suddenly. But the blessing works daily. Increasing us incrementally every day. Increasing in the blessing. And when, the, when we work it God's way, we have wisdom when it, at, with it as it grows. Most people who, get, who win the lottery, it's gone in just a number of years. Most people don't know what to do with it when it comes. Because they've never had it. And so when it comes, they try to do everything that they thought they wanted and they buy things that they end up saying, why did I get that? I don't even like that. They, they, they don't have the proper wisdom to facilitate the wealth that comes. With the blessing, you grow in wisdom every day. So that as God increases you, 
you're growing spiritually and you can use that increase and that wealth for the glory of God. And part of the glory of God is that you are stable and sufficiently supplied for your life, abundantly supplied. That's part of the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Abraham, God blessed him in all things. And that's his desire for you. Same chapter, go to verse 35. This is a, a testimony of some of those things. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he has become great. How did he become great? The Lord blessed him. How are you going to become great? The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow. If we'll follow God's plan, God's not going to take you to decrease. You, you, you don't meet somebody who's really walked with God and say, look how, how broke, busted, and disgusted I am walking with the Lord. No, you're walking with the Lord. You're, you're coming up. You're coming out. He's going to increase you more and more, not decrease you. God is not the God of the decrease. God is not the God of subtraction. He'll, he'll prune some things off of you that are holding you back so that you can multiply. So it says here, the Lord has blessed my master greatly and he has become great and he has given him flocks. So in the blessing, God gives. The giving God who gives in the blessing, he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maids, or you could say employees, and camels and donkeys, or you could say assets, resources, right? God has given him resources, investments. Hallelujah. How did it come? God did it. God did it. Exceeding abundantly above. Galatians chapter 3. I want you to see yourself in the plan of God. Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 13 and 14. Melos. Christ has, past tense, has. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we're redeemed from the curse so that the blessing... Of Abraham, that blessing that we just saw what it did in Abraham's life. That we just saw it made him great. We just saw that through the blessing God gave him resources and investments and an increase. This blessing comes on us because Jesus Christ was cursed so that you could be blessed. That's how much God wants you to be blessed. That's how much God desires the blessing. He was willing to allow the curse to come on Jesus. 
the curse that has over, over centuries held people under its bondage. God so wants us free from it. Not just free from it, but in the blessing. He didn't just redeem you from the curse. He redeemed you from the curse for one purpose. Not, not just to get you out from under the curse. He redeemed you from the curse so that the blessing. That's the reason Jesus was cursed. So that the blessing of Abraham could come on us. That's how much God wants us blessed. Hallelujah. And it said, so that the blessing, and then so that we might receive the promise. That the blessing might come on us, that we receive the promise. What is the promise? Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, the promise. Verse 11, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful. About what, Lord? Slothful means slow to respond. A sloth, you ever watched on on, Facebook? Nat Geo Wild or something like that. The sloths, they move very slowly. I mean, you, you think they're just slowing down the camera, but that's really how slow the sloths move. He said, don't be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Don't be slow to receive but I want you to inherit the promise. I want you to be a follower of those who inherit the promise. I want you inheriting the promise. I want your vital side in line with your legal side. God's already made it all legally ours. What's stopping us from the legal and the vital having the same manifestation? Faith and patience is how we bring the vital side up so that we're living in what's legally ours. We're living in what's legally ours. Faith and patience. Patience doesn't mean waiting until the sweet by and by putting it off. Patience is an endurance. Patience is the ability to remain in faith because it works with faith. Patience gives faith the ability to stay at the same level, no longer ha- no, not dependent upon time. Some people use faith without patience, and this is what happened. They're up on Sunday because they've been under the word. And then they go down and down and down. And if they're Wednesday kind of, of believers, they come back on Wednesday and they get a little bit of spike in that hour of power. That pastor has, right? And then they go back out into, and they're not feeding on the word. They're not focusing on the word. They're not depositing it enough. And so by the time the next Sunday gets here, they're back down to low. 
low, low on their tank. And so they got to come back up because they, they don't have the faith and patience working together. They're believing, but they're not uh, maintaining their believing in a steady, consistent flow of believing. So that um, I, the way faith works most effectively is that when I start believing, if I would maintain the pressure of my faith, if I would maintain that application of faith consistently, never letting go, never taking my hands off of it, never saying, oh, I thought it was working, I guess it's not working, never, never diminishing in my same faith stance, but I just, with my patience, I put that patience to work. Patience isn't something that God puts you through all kinds of trouble to get patience to you. Patience is yours now. It's a fruit of the Spirit. When troubles come, let patience have its perfect work, making you perfect and entire, wanting nothing. A lot of people are wanting a lot because they're not using the faith and the patience together. So he says, with faith and patience, we inherit the promises. God doesn't want us to be slow about this. He doesn't want us to be slow. He wants us laying hold of and bringing into manifestations His promises. For when God made promise, is this the promise that Jesus became a curse so that the blessing would come on us so that the promise, here's the promise, he said, so that, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Here's the promise. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. That's what he wants you to receive. He wants you to inherit that. He wants that in living manifestation. It's legally yours. It's your inheritance. By inheritance, that blessing, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply you, that is yours deposited in your account now. But to bring it into manifestation in your life, you're going to have to use faith and patience. Not faith in waiting. I, I'm going to say it again because I just hear that in my spirit. I didn't say faith in waiting. I didn't say faith in waiting. Why would you wait for something that's in your account? It's in your account. Not faith in waiting. Faith and constant endurance in that faith. Hallelujah. Amen. That I'm going to God and I'm saying, you've already blessed me. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You've already made this covenant swearing of an oath that you are blessing and multiplying me. You've already done that. I don't have to ask you to do that. Lord, I agree with that. I believe that you said blessing, you'll bless me. And multiplying, you'll multiply. I believe that. So Father, today I access of that blessing for this area that needs an application of that blessing in my life. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Now I'm agreeing with him. I told the ladies in ladies meeting yesterday. Charles Capps said, I used to say, Lord, I can't hear you. I can't hear your voice. I, I don't hear your voice. And God said, quit disagreeing with my word and start saying, I hear the voice of the good shepherd. I am his sheep. I hear his voice. John chapter 10. Start saying you hear my voice because my word says you hear my voice. What was stopping him from hearing? He kept saying, I can't hear you, God. I can't hear your voice. And, and he was disagreeing with the word. If the word says I'm already blessed, that God swore it with an oath and that's mine by inheritance, is it more effective for me to go ask God to bless me or for me to go ahead and agree with what he said? And Father, I thank you, you've already blessed me. I am blessed, which means I have the empowerment. You are my heavenly Father and you've provided for every need in my life. And not just my needs, but Lord, you desire to fulfill the desires of my heart. Here is our loving, generous, giving father who with most of the people in his family, he is only able to do minimal because they think he is only a God who will barely meet their needs. But that's not us, family. We've already asked him to show us how excessive he really is. And when he shows us, we're going to give him so much glory and recognition that it is God who has blessed me and not me myself. It is the blessing of the Lord that's caused this to happen. When it happens, go ahead and acknowledge him. That was the Lord. That did not just happen to me by chance. That, did not, that is the excess of God, and I'm going to give him praise for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you today. And we thank you for how you minister to us by your word, by the systems that you have established for us, the authority that is delegated to us, the seed system that's entrusted to us, the word system that we are operating and the blessing Father that we would be accurate in our walk in the kingdom that we would be accurate in our representation of your goodness that people would look at our lives and see how well you care for us how well you have provided for us thank you for that Lord thank you Lord for teaching us your ways and leading us on your paths we thank you for it just lift your hand right where you are 
and begin to thank God, worship Him, receive from Him today.